is Saturday, May the 1st in the year 2021. I am so thankful to God for another day. Tomorrow, which is Sunday, which will be the day of the Sunday school lesson, is the 2nd of May in the year 2021. Dear God, as I sit before you to speak, I pray to you that my soul you will keep. And if I should die before I finish, I pray to you that any outstanding sins will be forgiven. Amen. I thank God. I thank God. Our Sunday school lesson is the L.G. Parkhurst Jr. Uh, version of the Sunday school commentary. And the website is www.ouosu.org. No, dot com, excuse me, www.ouosu.com, C-O-M. Our lesson is from John, the 19th chapter, the 17th through 27th verses. And our subject is, everyone is important to God. Everyone is important to God. God. And we'll go to our scripture from the King James Version. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him on either side, one, and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read, read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said, un, they said, therefore among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. Now we'll go right into the commentary. The commentary. And this um, 
there's a topic up here that talks about it. Uh, let me see. There's a part in here that talks on the physical death of Jesus, the medical aspect of the, of the crucifixion. Okay. Translators of the New Revised Standard Version began this sentence with the concluding words in John the 19th chapter and the 16th verse. So they took Jesus. John saw no need to repeat what we learned from Matthew, Mark, and Luke that on the way to the cross, the soldiers forced a man from Cyrene named Simon to carry the cross of our suffering Savior the rest of the way to Golgotha. And that's Matthew the 27th chapter, 32nd verse. Mark the 15th chapter, the 21st verse. Luke the 23rd chapter, and the 26th verse. 2,000 years later, we do not know the location of the place of the skull. Most believe the place was named because of its appearance and shape. It may also have been named Golgotha because it was a place of death. We do learn from John the 19th chapter and the 41st verse that Golgotha was in or close to a garden cemetery. Cemetery. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Jesus prayed with his disciples in a garden where the soldiers arrested him. He died on a cross in a garden, and his followers buried him in a garden tomb. From this garden tomb, he arose from the dead, and then he appeared to Mary Magdalene in this garden. The hymn in the garden, written by C. Austin Miles, commemorates the meeting of Jesus and Mary Magdalene in the garden after he rose from the dead. Jesus suffered and died for the forgiveness of our sins in a garden. My goodness. We cannot help but remember about Adam and Eve that they first met with God in a garden. They sinned for the first time in the garden of Eden, and their sin brought death into the world. After they sinned, God promised to send them and the world a savior to reverse the consequences of sin. When God spoke to the serpent in the garden, God spoke of the savior he would send. In Genesis, the third chapter, and the 15th verse, God promised, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. The serpent the devil who tempted Jesus and entered Judas to betray Jesus had his head struck when Jesus died on the cross for our forgiveness and when he rose from the dead to give eternal life to all who believe in him. By comparison to the final victory Jesus had over the devil when he died and rose again in the garden, what the devil did to Jesus can be compared to striking Jesus' heel. As we continue our study, John will reveal additional applications from the scriptures. 
Now again, John did not always repeat what the writers of the Synoptic Gospels, who are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, recorded. Obviously, those crucified with Jesus were convicted criminals. In John, the 18th chapter and the 32nd verse, Jesus foretold he would die as a criminal by crucifixion. In John, the 12th chapter, the 32nd through the 33rd verses, Jesus foretold, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. He would be lifted up on a cross and die. He would not be stoned to death by the Jews. Two thousand years later, Jesus still does what he foretold. He draws people to him. In some, the 22nd chapter and 16th and 17th verses describes some of what Jesus experienced as he suffered on the cross. For dogs are all around me. A company of evildoers encircles me. My hands and feet have shriveled. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. The King James Version, the NASB, and the NIV translate more accurately. They pierced my hands and my feet. And through Isaiah, God foretold why Jesus would die. See especially Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, 11 through the 12th verses. Out of his anguish he shall see light. He shall find satisfaction through his knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will allot him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. That's what he did for us, for me, for you, for all of us. Unintentionally, but unknowingly influenced by God, Pilate wrote the truth on a placard that he placed on Jesus' cross. Whereas most placards, if used, would proclaim the convict's crime to deter others, Pilate did not convict Jesus of a crime. He only did what the chief priests demanded of him after they threatened him. God used Pilate to proclaim the truth about Jesus. Jesus was from the town of Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus was and is the Messiah that God promised to send into the world, the King of the Jews. God influenced Pilate to write the inscription in Hebrew, the official language of the Jews, in Latin, the official language of the Romans, and in Greek, the universal language that the once conquering Greeks had spread around the known world so everyone could speak to one another in Greek. Latin was a language of law, while Greek was a language of commerce and philosophy. Likewise, the New Testament was written in Greek so people of all nationalities, races, and religions who knew Greek 
could read the good news about Jesus and come to believe in him. All who passed by Jesus as he hanged on the cross outside the city could go into the city and tell others that the king of the Jews had been crucified, perhaps only to insult the chief priests. Pilate deemed it important for every person of every important language at that time to read about Jesus. God deems it important for people all around the world to learn who Jesus is, the Lord and Savior of the world, by being able to read the good news about Jesus and the Bible in their own language. Hence, Bible translators worked and hoped to work for many years to translate the Bible for every language group. When the Apostle Paul preached the good news about Jesus in the book of Acts, he explained what happened in Acts 13, verses 27 through 30. Because the residents of Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize him or understand the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath, they fulfilled those words by condemning him. Even though they found no cause for a sentence of death, they asked Pilate to have him killed. When they had carried out everything that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. He arose from the dead, yes. Perhaps Pilate intended to offend the chief priests and those who demanded Jesus' crucifixion with his placard on Jesus' cross. Whatever Pilate may have intended, God used Pilate, a Roman governor, to announce the truth about Jesus. The chief priests wanted the placard to announce that Jesus' crime was saying he was the king of the Jews, but Pilate had told them repeatedly that he found no case against Jesus and he wanted to release him. Pilate wrote what he wrote because Jesus had not committed a crime. Pilate had done what they wanted and he was determined not to be intimidated or threatened by the chief priests again regarding Jesus. Without knowing it, Pilate wrote what God wanted. Isn't it amazing how, amazing how God uses, uses those who mean harm and he turns it into good? His will will always be done, yes. One of the benefits of being one of the soldiers who crucified a convict was being able to divide their possessions, mostly only clothing among themselves, and the opportunity to pass the time by gambling, no crucified man was going to come down from a cross. But notice once again the comparison between what Jesus suffered for the forgiveness of our sins and the behavior of Adam and Eve. In Genesis, the third chapter, we learn that after they sinned, Adam and Eve felt ashamed for they were naked and they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves sewn together. Then they hid from God. On the other hand, the soldiers tried to bring shame upon Jesus as they did upon all the convicts they crucified when they stripped off his clothing before they hanged him on the cross. God forgave Adam and Eve, though they 
still had to die one day for the future or in the future. And God provided a better covering for them. And when we made, he had made them garments of skin, God showed them what it meant to die. One of their animal companions had to die as a sacrifice for them to cover them because they had sinned. Our loving God could justly and mercifully forgive them because Jesus, God's only son, would come into the world and die a sacrificial death on the cross, a shameful death that he might forgive them and us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now in John the first in first John the first chapter and the ninth verse, John promised, If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus' sacrificial death and resurrection made it possible for all who believe in him to be cleansed and some day dressed in white. In Revelation, the 7th chapter, the 13th through the 15th verses, John wrote, Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship Him day and night within His temple, and the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. Oh my goodness, it is wonderful. Thank you, God. In John, the fifth chapter, the 39th through the 40th verses, Jesus said to the Jews, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that testify on my behalf. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Previously, we read how Paul described the residents of Jerusalem and their leaders. They did not recognize him or understand the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath, the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament. They fulfilled those words by condemning him. In Psalm, the 22nd chapter, and the 18th verse, and John, the 19th chapter, and the 24th verse, we read, how these soldiers unknowingly fulfilled the scriptures. They divided my clothes among themselves, for my clothing they cast lots. Now at the foot of the cross, four soldiers crucified and mocked Jesus, but four women who loved and followed Jesus also stood near the foot of the cross. Jesus' mother, Mary, Jesus' aunt, Mary's unnamed sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and well, it says Clopas here, but it said Cleopas earlier. And Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. Jesus certainly was not disrespectful when he called his mother woman. Jesus, the Son of God, was born and had to be born of a woman to fulfill scripture. 
and to fulfill Genesis the third chapter and the 15th verse, Jesus had to be the offspring, the child of a woman. Jesus was not an immaterial being or spirit that could not suffer as later heresies claimed. Jesus suffered as a real flesh and blood human being, just as we suffer for a reason, as Paul wrote in Galatians, the fourth chapter, the fourth through the seventh verses. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. My goodness, that's us. Jesus loved his mother, and he loved the one disciple of his who accompanied his mother to the foot of the cross for love of Jesus and his mother. Jesus' brothers did not yet believe in him, as John explained in John the seventh chapter and the fifth verse, for not even his brothers believed in him. In Matthew the twelfth chapter, the fiftieth verse, Jesus explained the nature of his family. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus first spoke to his mother and told her that from that moment, John would be her son. His mother and John did the will of his father in heaven. He would be the one that she should look to physically to meet her needs. Later, she would receive the Holy Spirit and Jesus would be closer to her than he had ever been before. Oh my goodness. As he suffered and died, Jesus showed that he loved and cared for those he gave his life to save that included the practical and spiritual care of his mother by John. Quite simply, John revealed that Jesus gave his mother into his care should Jesus' brothers ask. John immediately did what Jesus requested. He met her needs in his own home and made her part of his family. He may have delayed his missionary travels and made his home in Jerusalem in order to serve the newly forming Christian church and to care for Mary until he died. Thus he kept his promise to Jesus. It said he may have delayed, okay? So we all understand that this is a commentary and it helps us to think. It gives us motivation to think and say, hmm, maybe, maybe not. Let me dig into this some more. Let me think about this. Let me ponder over this. Let me pray about this. Because that is very interesting. So that concludes our commentary part. But we will go to our questions for discussion and thinking further, okay? Number one. In eight to ten words, how might you improve on this truth that Pilate put on the cross of Jesus? Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Number two, what does it mean to you today when you think about Pilate's inscription in, written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek? Number three, what is one way John shows that the Bible is important and Jesus is coming the way 
is important. Number four, who stood near the cross of Jesus? What do you think their presence meant and to you and what it did for Jesus? What do you think their presence meant to and did for Jesus? Number five, as he hanged on the cross, in what ways did Jesus show his love? This is Rachel Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries. Right here on the World Wide Web, we are on several different formats, and I thank God for that. I thank Him. Uh, this is Anchor. This is my podcast. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch also on some podcast but God is a great God and for those who are listening who have not repented of their sins of your sins transgressions this is your opportunity if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you've strayed away. You're in a backslidden state. That means you've turned around and gone back into the world. This is for you too. For those who have sinned and don't feel that you've been forgiven you have, or you have not asked for forgiveness because of your shame that you did sin while you are professing, this is for you too. All you have to do is ask God forgive you and repeat after me please dear God I repent of my sins I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior Amen it's a done deal it is a done deal God is so good and I would like to remind you of my songs. You can go to any of the digital stores, sites, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple, uh, iTunes. Uh, There's so many out there that I can't just call them out by name. But you can get my music, Amazon, just say uh, Evangelist Shirley Pope, or uh, play music by Evangelist Shirley Pope. And you can also, the Pope Sisters and Company have one uh, song uh, on there, but I'm going to go ahead and reactivate our, some of our other songs so you'll be able to get those and hear those too. And we will appreciate your support. We love you and we pray that God will continually bless and keep you. This is our prayer. Happy May. I love you. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God loves you most and I love you too.